All right, guys. Well, the sun is rising. It's getting high up in the sky. It's that time again for Yeah, It's That Bad After Dark. This is the podcast where we let our hair down and discuss whatever we want, whatever flights of fancy tickle our souls and delight our spirits or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Delight our days. You know, Kevin, I was recently thinking about something that happened to me recently. Martin was there. You were nowhere to be found. I don't know what happened to you. You weren't invited, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) to this, but... Thanks a lot. You know, there's like a handful of stories that you have that like, these are the ones that I always tell people. Like, these are the best stories that I have. Mm-hmm. For me, this is like one of the best. Yeah, this is definitely towards the top. Yeah, top three best stories that I have to tell. This is it. You know, what was it, two years ago? Three years ago? Yeah, this is about like two years ago. 10,000 years ago, Martin and I were gonna go to Atlantic City for a birthday party. Martin, explain Atlantic City for people who are not from New Jersey. What is it? Atlantic City is a bedlam of misery <laughs> and pandemonium and, and hatred. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a bedlam of filth and despair where people go to waste all their money that they've saved up for retirement. It's the poor man's Nevada. It's it's the poor man's Las Vegas, right? I prefer the it being homeless the, man's Las Vegas. I, yeah, I prefer it being the homeless man's Nevada. It's the entire state of Nevada <laughs> compacted into a small little city in New Jersey. Yeah, it's a gambling town. It's just like Las Vegas, but instead of it being in the desert, it's on the beach. And, it's, and, and instead of it having fun things to do, it just has gambling casinos. and. Yeah. Sadness to quench your thirst <laughs> in outlet stores. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does have the outlets. Yep. Yeah, so I personally have three Atlantic City-based stories that I've been there a bunch of times. Three times, something interesting has happened. I hate Atlantic City, by the way. I hate it. <laughs> I, I usually can't stand that place. Cosigned. When I'm there, I feel like my soul is being trampled by just this this crushing sense of like sadness. It's it's awful. It's a pit. It's a, the trench with the stench. I hate it. I Absolutely. don't like it. I don't like it at all. Me neither, neither do I. I don't drink, I don't gamble. So the yeah, two things, neither. that's all there is to do there. Uh-huh. I don't I don't like to gamble either. I When this story was taking place, I definitely drank. That's a fact. Well, my Atlantic City stories are, A, when I saw the Polar Express and saw the eyes of a god staring back before my <laughs> eyes, then B, is this story that I'm about to tell, and C, was the night that Kevin and I went toe-to-toe with a cowboy-hatted man. <laughs> Little did I know that I'd be seeing more than I'd bargained for with that man. <laughs> Perhaps we'll tell that story on this show someday, Kevin. You think you're up to it? I think so. The cowboy-hatted man. Oh, man. He let it all hang out in more ways than one. <laughs> All right, so Martin and I were invited to this birthday party for a mutual friend of ours, and there were like 12 people going to this thing. Yeah, so in typical, I guess we had just gotten out of college maybe like two years prior, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know, five years. We had just gotten out of college 20 years prior, and <laughs> yeah, we're going to our 20th reunion. <laughs> okay, so we decided to go down to Atlantic City for this birthday party that we got invited to, and I don't know who was doing the room accommodations on this one, but it was like, there was like six people in this room. Yeah, there were 12 people all going to this party and we were all split up into these little cliques, right? And we were meant to share two hotel rooms, 12 people, two hotel rooms. Yeah, the math's not adding up already. And let me tell you something, it wasn't an even division either. There was more than six people in the room that we were in. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how that happened. Wait, how many beds were there for a room? Two. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys didn't rent out the penthouse suite here. No, what do you think, we could afford that? Get out of here. No, no, it was like two queen-size beds or two doubles. Yeah, we were staying at the Showboat Casino which is world-renowned for its (laughs) luxury and opulence. 
It was a real joke. Yeah, so it was split up in all these little groups. It was like the, it was me, you, and a third guy that we know, infamous man who I dare not speak his name because he might like teleport into the room if we say it out loud. He is that powerful, but he, I mean, if we said his name, pretty much every single person who's listening to this podcast would immediately know who it is. Yeah, so it was us. It was the birthday girl herself, her old girlfriends from way back when, and then there was these other one-off people. Yeah, just that, hanging on. Yeah, these hangers-on that I don't know. Okay, the three of us, we were driving down to Atlantic City, and the theme song for the night played. Kanye West. It's amazing, man. Whenever we got near a radio, at any point that night, that song was playing. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's so pretty apropos for what's about to happen in this ridiculous story. You know, I remember distinctly having a really fun time driving down to Atlantic City. Yeah. Probably the first and only time that's ever happened to anyone on Earth, <laughs> having a good time driving down there. We were just like talking about comic book crap the whole time. For example, Kevin, did you know that there was a What If episode of Marvel Comics where what if the Punisher killed Spider-Man? How do you think he did it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Proximity mine? Excellent. Very good. Very, very good. Hmm. He used an explosive device to blow him up. Okay. Very good. Okay, anyway, I remember just having a good time. We were moving and grooving, dancing to Kanye West. We were ghost riding the whip on our way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we were dancing on the roof of the car. While we were <laughs> this is interesting to- because I have a memory of you, Joel, posting on Facebook like as your status, like the lyrics to that song. Yeah. And I remember reading it and being like, lyrics to his song? Yeah, you were, I, I remember I mean, you. Joel, Joel, like this is not something Joel does. Like, don't be one of these people. Oh, no, 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 man. Really, it, was, it had meaning. It had profound meaning in oh, our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whenever I hear that song, I think about, I, I, I have like night tremors when I think about the story <laughs> I'm about to tell. Joel Joel has PTSD flashbacks <laughs> to, this, to this night. So we were having a, a ball, moving and grooving down to Atlantic City. When we got there, immediately, immediately, we saw that tensions were flaring amongst the girls of the group. I don't know what happens, but I guess if you get more than five girls together, six girls together, and you bring them to a certain restaurant... Tensions, tensions ride high. In my experience, if you have more than one female, <laughs> wow, really? Tensions start to rise. Wow, look, look at this sexism right here. <laughs> well, there were five dudes and the rest were girls, so the estrogen levels are through the roof. Now, I want to make it clear right now, and I'm putting my foot down through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That only me and Joel knew each other prior to meeting these other guys. But when we, we got, got along, when great. we got to the room, there was camaraderie like you had never seen. Well, we were like old friends, <laughs> specifically the one guy that we met. That guy was a gentleman and a scholar. I had never met him before and I haven't seen him since, but he left an impact. He was a hero among men. Yeah, apparently what happened was right before we got there, one of the girls decided to take one of the other girl's purses and move it across the room to give herself more space or something. Now, we, that was something that didn't go over too Th- that well. That ignited like a powder keg and people, they were going to like kill each other right off the bat. You know what? Completely reasonable. You understand this, right? You've experienced this yeah, behavior? Been there. Been there. Done <laughs> that old hat. <laughs> See, like, I don't understand if that means that no matter what happened that night, there was going to be a fight. Yeah, it was yeah. predestined. <laughs> yeah, the, the the fates were waiting for it to happen. They had predetermined that there Let's was Let's get all these emotionally unstable people <laughs> into this. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not saying that it was the purse that made them emotionally unstable or anything like that. It was these particular people. Yeah, these, not these, all women in general. Not all women just in general. Just the ones just, that just were the, there. Just, the ones just to that be we clear. Yeah. So right off the bat, like, it was insane, right? It was just, uh, this incident would light a uh, fuse that would just slowly burn through the rest <laughs> of the weekend, right? Because the plan was, we got there on Friday night, and the plan was to have a uh, drunken gambling debauchery until Sunday morning, which we would all just evacuate <laughs> the 
<laughs> the city never looked back, right? Yeah, that was yeah, the plan. yeah. We, we wanted to have Friday and Saturday with Bacchus. He was going to be playing his pan flute, dancing around, drinking his wine oh, satchel. Man. Oh, man. You thought you were going to be surfing this weekend, right? Didn't you bring your gear? I did. That was ill-fated? It was. I mean, I got in the water for a little bit, but <laughs> I mean- The there... toilet doesn't count. See what I did there, Kevin? <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What? (laughs) (laughs) So what we did, the the very first thing we did that night after the girls called the momentary truce, we went out to this random bar somewhere in the gambling district. (laughs) And when we got there, it was $1.40s night. For those who don't know, it's a a 40 is 40 ounces of malt liquor. It's this giant bottle of alcohol that you could get for a dollar. You'd be a fool not to buy it, right? (laughs) Not only would I be a fool not to buy this, I'd be a fool not to drink 40 40s, which is what I proceeded <laughs> to do. It was insane. People had like, they were double fisting it. Wherever you go, I just think I remember people throwing bottles around. Like one of them exploded like by my <laughs> I'll put it this way. I, there is, there is a picture of me on the internet circulating, double fisting <laughs> these two 40s and dancing, leaning back. I'm having a, as we say in Jersey, a ball. Yeah, man, it, it was insane, right? Like who thought this was a good idea to give these drunken buffoons <laughs> access to such cheap, plentiful booze? But hey, you you guzzle 40 40s in 40 seconds and there's going to be consequences, right? Yeah, because I had 40 days of crazy, I, I had 40 crazy nights after 40 days of, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? You and Josh Hartnett yeah, abstained from sex me, 40 yeah, days yeah, and 40 yeah. nights. Might as well because I was moving, I was grooving, I was dancing. Well, Kevin, normally when you go to a crowded place and you go to the bathroom, there's a men's room and the women's room. Which one has the line? The women's room. That's almost a universal constant, right? Absolutely. In this instance, though, the world had flipped turned upside down, and I had to take a minute and sit right there. (laughs) And I was looking at the bathroom. The line for the men's room was 10 times longer than the women's room. Have you ever experienced that? Yes, I have, actually. It's rare, right? It's rare. With a sporting event or something? Yeah, you got to be in a situation where the ratio of men to women is heavily in the favor of the men. So what was the mixture there that night? Sausage fest. (laughs) There you go. Mad dudes, bro. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And we were all sitting there and they were pondering. Everybody had to piss so bad. Like you could see there was a line of 10,000 guys at the door. They were all like grabbing their balls and like dancing around like they had to piss themselves. What are they like? It's a bar of four-year-olds? Yeah, little kids. (laughs) And we were wondering like, what's going on? This never happens. Mm -hmm. But there were two brave heroes, rescue heroes. They always save the day (laughs) amongst us. They had had enough. They needed to piss and they needed to piss bad. So these two guys, they stormed into the men's room like they were SEAL Team 6. And all you could hear is just like screaming and punching, like glass shattering. <laughs> and when they came out of the bathroom, these two guys had these girls in like headlocks. Like, I'm not kidding that they had them in headlocks. Like they were going to kill them. They dragged these, they drug these two girls out of the bathroom and kicked them on their asses out the door. People started screaming and cheering and whooping and hollering. Apparently these two girls had decided to be vigilantes, take justice into their own hands, piss in the men's room and take up the only stalls available. Whoa. What do you think of that? That's outrageous. Can you imagine the reverse? Guys did that? Aren't there laws in place to protect <laughs> us from, from this, these heinous acts? In the state of New Jersey, there is. And I'm glad that you brought this up because <laughs> it's suspended in Atlantic City. That's why street justice took effect. Well, when those guys threw those girls out the door, it was unbelievable. Like a rush. 3,000 men all piled into a room that was the size of like a porta potty. People were pissing on the walls, on the ceiling, <laughs> in the corner, and in, in the sink. You know, you, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Uh-huh. So that's pretty much how our weekend started. It was like the debaucherous free-for-all. Now, Martin here, as a younger man, he might have been able to survive it, but something happened to him.
him that I'm still feeling the consequences after this day. Now, in the moment, I was swearing up and down that I must have ate something bad that made me sick. But in retrospect, I'm going to call a spade a spade. I uh, maybe had a little too much to drink. Yeah, the night that we went to bed was the first instance I ever heard Martin snore. Which, by the way, in case you're wondering what that sounds like, head on over to yesthatbad.com and download Transformers 2. Revenge? Rise of the Fallen? Rise of Revenge of the Fallen? Revenge. <laughs> rise, rise, oh, rise, 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 rise. Wait, yeah, Rise of the rise Fallen. Of fallen. Yeah, you can hear Martin snoring in that one. That was the first time I ever heard you snore, and I was in close proximity to you. You were in close proximity, mine. I was. We were all, we were like sleeping on the floor because there was oh. a thousand people in this room. I've done that. That's terrible. It sounded like uh, a machine eating garbage. <laughs> That's what Martin snoring sounded like. Did you, were you able to sleep at all? No. <laughs> Look, it doesn't matter because I paid the piper on this one. Okay, when we woke up the next morning, everybody was completely frazzled. Like, you looked around the room. People thought they were going to die, right? Like, they just went through a death march. I was. I'm convinced right now that I was dying. I, I had severe alcohol poisoning. You were vomiting into a garbage can. I was vomiting I into a garbage can. I remember you shirtless, huddled over a trash can, vomiting over a dry heaving. Trying too much. Those are the days, man. Heady days. <laughs> Although, there was two people in our little expedition that woke up and they were as fresh as a daisy. What was the theory? They saw what was happening that night. <laughs> They're like, no, I want none of this. They had one drink each and they went back to their room and as Austin Powers would say, that is shag. Yeah. They did it the right way, uh, 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 as opposed to us who stayed up till 7 a.m. <laughs> they did it the way that God intended. <laughs> yeah, they woke up. They were like newborn lambs. They were so happy and fresh. We were disgusting people. Like, like oh my God, what a die. Everybody was just shaking. We looked like Adam and Eve after they were just cast out of the garden. We were like huddled, like dirty, like, oh, help me. I remember we had an extremely tense breakfast that morning, right? I did not have a breakfast that morning. People didn't pay their bills and like even more. It was even bigger powder keg of eruptions ready to blow at any second. From this moment on in the story, it's going to be mostly Joel explaining what happened because I am checked out now. Yeah. Can you tell me what happened to you during this period? Because I not only did I abandon Martin, I didn't care what was happening to him at all. Because what is about to transpire with me is just so much better than this guy vomiting and farting all day. So what happened? I just had a case of alcohol poisoning. Did you go to like sleep? Did you have no, twisted I, dreams? No, I couldn't sleep because I was, my body was trying to process all this extra alcohol and I was extraordinarily dehydrated. So I just kept vomiting all day trying to keep Gatorade down. I couldn't sleep. My head felt like somebody just jammed a hatchet into it. It was horrible. Oh, like the young adult novel Hatchet where the young boy has to survive in the woods? Yeah, it was like, I, I felt like a young Gary Paulson writing Hatchet. Thank you. I'm glad I know the <laughs> author to that book, Gary Paulson. <laughs> okay, so the plan... Or the sequel, The River. Oh, okay, now the plan for Saturday was the girls wanted to go shopping at the outlet malls, which Kevin is very familiar with. The girls wanted to go shopping at the outlet mall, and after that, they were going to go to this restaurant called The Melting Pot, and we were all going to have dinner there. Oh. Do you have experience with The Melting Pot? I, I've known people that have worked there, and they made me swear on a Bible that I would never eat there, and then it's pretty much the worst place ever. Uh, uh, Martin has firsthand experience with the melting pot. Explain what that is to our overseas listeners. The melting pot essentially is a restaurant that's designed to make you cook your own food, give you horribly tiny portions of it, and charge you outrageous amounts of money to do it. It's a fondue it's, it's a place. It's a fondue joint. It's horrible. People will go there to propose to their... I, I mean, look, if, if I was a girl and, and a man proposed to me at the melting pot, I would say no. <laughs> yeah, I completely that, agree with that. that. That is a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. You end up spending like 200 
$400 on nothing. But but Martin, you don't get it. It's the experience. I don't care. The experience is horrible. Whenever you go there, if, if you're there, oh... If you're there with people that are your friends, you're leaving enemies, okay? That experience, you know what's a really good experience? People cooking food for you. You know what? I would pay to have someone do that. Yeah. You want an experience for dinner? Hibachi. I was just going to say, there are places where people cook food for you right in front of you. Hibachi, that's entertainment and a meal. Wow, that sounds like something I would pay for. Mm -hmm. Well, this melting pot place, I was not looking forward to paying $7,000 just to get a little piece of meat (laughs) with melted chocolate on it or whatever the hell they were going to do. So we were going to go to the outlet malls, right? And none of the guys wanted to go. None of us. We were all like frazzled, dazzled, and we just wanted to go to bed. But the girls were really insistent and they pushed and pushed and pushed. And we were like, okay, fine, fine. So three of us decided to go. Martin was out for the count. The other guy, I don't know what happened to him. But the three of us, we decided to go with the ladies. Now, it was like four or five of the girls they went. We went to get a taxi because the outlet malls were on the other side of town. Because there were so many of us, we couldn't all go in the same taxi. So when we went to the taxi bay, we were like, hey, when the first one came by, we're like, hey, you know what? We're gentlemen. We're men of honor. And dignity. Oh yeah, scholars. We said, ladies first. Go ahead. You guys can bicker by yourselves in the taxi. (laughs) Go ahead. So they took the first taxi and then they went on their way. Three nanoseconds later, another taxi appeared. (laughs) What a teleport. (laughs) (laughs) Three nanoseconds later. (laughs) So this other taxi appears and we all huddle into the back and immediately we see something on the seat. We pick it up and lo and behold, it's a purse. We're like, oh no, the last person must have left their purse. Let's look through it and see if there's any identification or anything. Maybe we can get it back to this person. So we open the purse, we take it and we we dump it out. (laughs) And I'm not joking, like $1,000 came out. Like, I'm not even joking. There was like that much money was in there. There was $1,000, jewels, like expensive jewelry, and not just that, but this big thing of pills. Not like drugs, but like one of those pill boxes, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're like, this is an old lady's purse. Mm -hmm. This lady, she might die if she has to get her (laughs) purse. Her pills back. We got to get her pills back. So we were digging through the purse. She's not a third world country. It's not like she doesn't have access to metal. She yet. could have died at any nanosecond. Okay, go, continue your story. <laughs> what we did find, though, was someone's business card, some random person's business card. We called it up. We're like, to see if we can, maybe that guy knew who this person was, and maybe he can figure out who they are. We called this guy up, and we read the name on the ID. He's like, hey, we have so-and-so's purse. We just found it. Do you know who this person is? And he's like, yeah, I do. Where are you? And we're like, what? We're in Atlantic City. Where are you? And he's like, I'm in the Virgin Islands or like Jamaica or Barbados or something like that. Like he was not in the United States. We were like, whoa, fuck. Like, oh my God. It, this guy was this old lady's real estate agent or something. Okay. Like, who is this person? Like, she's got thousands of dollars in her purse. She's buying real estate overseas. Mm-hmm. Who is this person? So we tell them who the lady is and he's like, okay, I'm going to make some calls. I'll call you back. And he, I don't know what he does, but he manages to get a hold of this woman and he tells her what happened. We found her purse and that we're going to give it back to her. She's so happy. She calls us and tells us, listen, I want to give you guys a little reward. We're like, ah, oh, no, no, no big deal. No big deal. She's like, no, absolutely not. You guys did a good deed and I'm going to reward you for it. Later tonight, I want you to join me and my husband for dinner at the Tropicana. Okay. No questions asked. Just come free meal on us. Don't worry about it. And we were like, okay, great. Awesome. We finally make it to the outlet mall and already like before we even say anything, like the girls look like they're going to just start slashing each other's throats (laughs) with box cutters. They're so angry. (laughs) And uh, the fact that we told them this amazing story about us being heroes didn't sit through well. You could see the hate 
hatred on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> it made it so sweet. We were like, oh man, and we're gonna go get some free dinner tonight. Sorry, we can't go to the melting pot. <laughs> look, look, knowing these girls and hearing Joel tell me this stuff, I mean, like while I was in AC, I couldn't experience it, but on the way home, as he was telling me the story, I was like, ah, couldn't have happened to better guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when we're there at the outlet mall, we're like, we look like a couple of ragamuffins. We need to buy some new threads to impress these old people. So we bought some new clothes for the old people so we didn't look like fools. And that night, our paths, ours and the girls' paths took two wildly divergent turns, okay? Martin was wallowing in his own chaotic Insecure delusions all weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. You... (laughs) Like, no joke, I was sick for two days. Like, I probably should have been hospitalized. <laughs> Take it to St. Jude's. Yeah, no, I should have went straight to St. Jude's in Atlantic City. <laughs> But I, I I mean, I guess when the girls came back from the melting pot or before they went to the melting pot, this one girl, I guess, essentially wanted to kick me out of the room. And I was like literally violently, violently ill. Are you serious? Yeah. She tried. She's like, you should just get out of here. Like, can somebody just call him a cab and send him home? That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. That does not surprise me in the slightest. Look, the girls that we were rolling with this this weekend, they were bitter. They were angry. I mean, I don't I don't want to say that they were subhuman, but I don't know really know what else to call them. Suborbital. Whatever that means. Yeah, that also. So they were suborbital. Sure. <laughs> Subterranean. Ah, oh, there we go. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. They were they were mole people. Cannibalist. <laughs> they're like leech. They're yeah, more Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leech. I felt like leech that weekend. I was leech sick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine was nowhere in sight to give me a transfusion. <laughs> okay, so around seven o'clock rolls around and all the guys get together and we head off to the Tropicana. And then the girls, they go their separate ways and only the girls go to the melting pot. So the the boys, we're on our way to the Tropicana. When we get there, the old lady told us, meet us at the top of the trop. That's what she said. Go to the top of the trop. None of us know what that is. We have no clue what this is. Incidentally, the Tropicana is where I had my awe-inspiring brush with greatness with the Polar Express. Yep. Well, we had to ask a guy that worked. He's like, where's the top of the trop? And he's like, you go here, you go there, you go blah, 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 blah. Like he whispered these dark clandestine <laughs> hints to us. And it was in this nondescript corner and this unmarked elevator in the middle of nowhere in this place, right? Mm-hmm. Completely inaccessible. Like this is not for the average Joe Schmo to see. People don't know that this is there. So we take this elevator to the, it literally is the top of the trop, the top floor of the Tropicana. We go all the way to the top. And when we come out, this is extremely long hallway. It's almost like a hall of mirrors it's so damn long it stretches into infinity when we get to the end there's this one woman in front of a door and in front of it is a little sign that says welcome to the trillionaires club mm. kevin you ever met a trillionaire i'm sitting next to two right now oh, there you go yeah it's that, yeah it's that bad cash huh? rolling in oh yeah and she the moment we walk up she's like oh you must be the guys who found the purse for such and such blah, blah, blah. come on in come on in we've been waiting for you like they put out the red carpet for us like they knew we were coming wow. men we, of honor men of honor dignity and class and grace <laughs> We open the doors and we walk into this place and it's this giant restaurant. We look around and we see it is the upper crust. The echelon of society is there. Hmm. The grace. Like I could have like power brokers, politicians, movers and shakers. (laughs) That's who was eating dinner here at the top of the trap. We're walking around. We're walking by. We see five star chefs. They're cooking filet mignon right there in front of people. You can get like chocolate. There was like this chocolate fountain with like chocolate covered strawberries and free lobster for any. Anyone, anyone and everyone. Wow. It was a feast. Feast. So we, we meet the, the elderly couple and they, they thank us profusely. They're like, oh my God, thank you so much.
much. We can't believe it. Blah, 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 blah. And they weren't even worried about the, the money at all. They, they told us, they're like, we were more worried about the jewels because they're worth 10,000 times more than the money. <laughs> so the jewels are worth $100,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Like these old people, they were really nice. They were really friendly. Apparently like they- No, 10 million, 10,000 times more than a thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Million, 10 million. This elderly couple, they're really nice and sweet. Like they own like a house in Atlantic City and they, this is how they spend their retirement. They just gamble their life savings away. <laughs> they just have, they're living the life in Atlantic City, gambling it up. And we're talking to them and asking them questions and stuff. Our one mutual friend that was there, Martin, he's a bit of a watch aficionado, as you well know. Oh, of course. And he noticed that the old man's watch was pretty fancy. And he goes, oh, that's a blah, 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 fancy, expensive watch. And the old man looks at him and he goes, yeah, pff, this is just something that the casino gives you once you lose $15,000. Like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, well done. All right. Okay. Yeah, he was not impressed. <laughs> it was pretty amazing, these people. And they were really nice, really cordial. And they were like, about halfway through eating, they were done. They were like, okay, guys, we're, we're going to go gamble some more. See you guys later. Help yourselves to anything that's here. Do whatever you want. It's all yours. It's on us. And before they left, the guy who was in charge of guest relations or whatever, the Tropicana, he came by. He shook our hands. I got his, his uh, business card. It was crazy, man. Like we were like stars up there. It was nuts. So the old people, they leave and we are, are there. We're like kings. We are so high above the horizon line that it's like the beach is 10 trillion miles below us. Helicopters are flying way, <laughs> way beneath us. Like the cloud line is below us. We are so high in the sky. It's unbelievable. We're, we're staring out as the sun is setting. We're eating lobster, drinking like martinis. Unbelievable. And not only that, but we're like philosopher kings that night. We're sitting there, we're debating heady topics about life, <laughs> philosophy. That guy that we just met that one night for the first time ever, he divulged to us there amongst the trillionaires that he was seriously considering marrying his girlfriend. Like he had the ring in his pocket and he showed it to us. He's like, I've, I've been carrying this around with us. It's been weighing really heavy on my heart. I don't know when the right moment is to say it. No one else knew. He hadn't told anybody else. But since we shared a moment in the trillionaires club, we became more than brothers. <laughs> So he shared this to us. Like, it was unbelievable. I will never forget this night. Meanwhile, on the other side of town, <laughs> the melting pot. Martin, you know what happened. Yeah, because they stormed back into the room while I was coughing and dying, spitting up blood all over the mirror. <laughs> they came back in and they're like, screw you. No, screw you. Storming around, throwing clothes all over the place. Oh, they were slamming the, doors. Slamming doors, yelling. Kevin, apparently a fist fight, a literal fist fight almost broke out. Right? That's not an exaggeration. No. Oh, that is not exactly. That's what one of them said. That she actually said, like she actually wanted to punch one of her best friends in the face while they were at the melting pot. Like apparently they got a little too out of hand with their barbs and their jabs. And I got a theory that guys know how to do that stuff where they, they can make fun of each other and they can do it just right where it doesn't like hurt feelings. Like, people know that you're just busting balls and stuff. Yeah. But those girls, they didn't know what they were doing. They got a little too. <laughs> They, Rookies. They, they flew a little too close to the sun on this one, I think. Yeah, and apparently, like, lifelong friendships were shattered that night at the melting pot. That's amazing. I dodged a bullet. We dodged bullets, 10,000 bullets, by going to the Trillionaires Club. <laughs> and when we came back from the Trillionaires Club, we didn't even walk through the doors. The door burst open, and we levitated <laughs> into the room in the lotus position. <laughs> like, we were Buddha. <laughs> it was amazing. 
I gotta say one thing about that. Who are these girls that they think that they can just walk into the room while I'm literally dying? They had no right. They had no right. They had no right to out me like that. <laughs> out me of the bed and throw me into a... They suggested that they just ship me off on some type of... In a cage back to my home while I'm dying like that rather than nurse me back to health. But Martin, despite all your rage, you're still just a rat in a cage, right? <sighs> I felt like I was living in a black hole sun. It's amazing that no motherly instincts at all came weird, out of right? these girls. Like none of them wanted to be like. Well, they're not. Da- they're not anything. dating him. So? You don't think so? A they- decent human being would care for another human being and these- try to help them. Listen, we don't hang out with these people anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After this, this was their full, their full names are to follow. <laughs> their full names, social security numbers, <laughs> and blood types are to follow after this. These people should be ostracized from the community. <laughs> I want to say this much. It was, as far as sensory experiences go, when the men walked back into that room, yeah, you could feel a sense of levity, of joy, and serenity radiating off of their body. It was almost visual. I could almost see a Palable. golden glo- yeah. yeah, yeah, I could taste it. <laughs> you almost see like a... Vi- you could a- taste and see how powerful you were that night. When the girls came in, there was like a cold breeze. I felt just like this, this hatred and anger radiating into my bones. I felt alone. I felt despair. And I actually became sicker. I started to vomit more profusely. Get me out of here, please. Oh. Yeah, those girls were insane. I couldn't believe it. Like, <laughs> what, what the hell is that about? Like, I'm pretty sure I we've been in situations, right, where you, you get a bunch of guys into a room, right, mm-hmm. just packed together in a tight space. Uh-huh. Nobody's fighting, right, for the most part, really? Get along. Unless you throw, like, a game of taboo in there. Oh, yeah, there you then go. Then things might come to blows. No, no, but, but that's different. That's, like, just being competitive as opposed to just, that's like, true. existing yes. with each other. Yeah, you're right. No, you get a bunch of guys in the room, they're going to start inventing things. They're going to start building stuff, solving problems. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, listen to this. <laughs> they will solve society's ills. Yeah, that's what we were doing up at the Chillioners Club. <laughs> we almost cracked this world hunger problem. You were. You guys were You guys were. Philosoph- you guys were philosophers. You, were. you almost cracked the world hunger problem as you were feasting on lobster <laughs> yeah. with the Chillioners. <laughs> But yeah, but that was one of the greatest moments of my life, man. Just the 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 difference or the juxtaposition of, of us living like kings, having the most, most peaceful, serene night of our lives. Oh, by the way, the fact that the guy who was going to marry his girlfriend, the whole time that we were at the trainers club, every time that we would eat a fancy piece of food, he would send pictures on his phone to his girlfriend, <laughs> to the melting pot, just to stir the fire. I don't think that was helping. But I just love the fact that we were just having like the times of our lives while they were just like in the pit of hell. It, self-imposed hell, right? They did that to themselves. Uh That's the kind of thing you do to yourselves. Like, that doesn't happen to you. You willingly do it to yourselves. No, Sartre would be very happy. Yeah, hell's other people, right? Yeah, yeah. We climb. Yeah, no exit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the next morning, like, we packed up our bags and we got the hell out of Dodge. We didn't even look back. We packed up Martin in a hazmat suit. He tossed (laughs) him in the back. We drove out of there, right? While Kanye West blared on the radio. I came back to consciousness as we're driving on the Atlantic City Expressway. Yeah, the further we got away from Atlantic City, you got better. I I want to say that that's not directly correlated, but it it so is. Like, the second I was getting out of that city, I started to feel natural life energy flow back into me as we got away from those stupid Atlantic City windmills. hate those things. Well, I mean, that was my big Atlantic City story. Perhaps another day, Kevin and I will divulge the time that we saw the cowboy-headed man. Whew. That's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, it's a story for our grandchildren. <laughs> oh, man. Sunsetting. Oh, it's getting a little too dark out. It's time yeah. to put a close to this episode of Yeah, It's That Bad After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So we're, we're really sticking with that, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. 
<laughs> okay, so thanks for listening to the podcast. Thank you t- for downloading and purchasing this premium episode. It's good people like you that's keeping this show running. Right? Also donations yep. from the Helena Rubinstein Foundation. Viewers like you. <laughs> Okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> thanks for buying this episode of Yes, That Bad After Dark. Please stay tuned to YesThatBad.com and YesThatBad.Bandcamp.com for our latest premium podcast, whatever it may be. Who knows? Could be anything. Could, Sky's the limit. Could be nothing. Could be everything. I don't know. Whatever what? that means. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Okay, thanks for listening. See you next time.